This call is now being recorded. I just uh my my fast where where uh you at right now, just like where I'm calling you from. Say that again, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. But you mind if I ask where I'm uh call, where I'm calling you from? Where you're calling me from or where you're no. calling me to? Wait. No, where 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 are you at right now, basically? I'm in I'm in New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. And uh, just um, well, I just wanted to, to just talk to you about your upcoming uh, uh, virtual chat over at uh, you know, with uh, Evelyn Rubenstein. I just wanted to know how you how you got involved with that. I have no idea how I got involved with it. I have a new book that's out, and um, yeah. all live appearances have been postponed, uh, including mm-hmm. uh, a live appearance in uh, Houston. So um, I, uh, they're all virtual now. Yeah, I'm not quite I mean, organized. Yeah. Well, I just was trying to see. I didn't know when exactly were you initially planned. When when were you initially planned to come down here? I have, you know, something I don't know because um, uh, the Jewish Book Fair, um, they had a schedule, but then before I even had a chance to see it, uh, the pandemic happened. So I was told that we'll be doing this uh, virtually. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was figuring because, you know, in the previous Jewish uh, Book Fairs over at Evelyn Rubenstein, they've had uh, Mike Rice from uh, you know Simpsons and uh, Nell Scovell speak. And you mean Mike like Nell Scovell? Nell Scovell, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mike Rice. They're, they're both friends of mine. Yeah, so just like you, know, just like a common thing now where they're just having very successful uh, Jewish comedy writers. Uh, speak in, at the uh, Jewish Book Fair, and you know, just just trying to see because you know, I've been reading the book. I've actually had the book for uh, quite a quite a while now, and it's always interesting reading not just about uh, comedy writers but uh, Jewish comedy writers. And uh, you know, I'm going to try. Of course, I'm going to try to plow through this, you know, question and answer interview without. Sounding anti-Semitic, but uh, just uh, just wanted to see just what is it's it's, it's just fascinating. It always seems like Jewish comedy writers have such a rich, varied uh, history and just so so many stories. And just I just wanted to see, just want to get your take on it. How you know, just uh, basically, just why why does it seem that Jewish comedy writers always are you know just have a lot more uh history about them than than just regular white bread uh comedy writers. Well in the history of comedy the Jews have had a predominance, uh whether it's writing or it's uh, performing. And um it's just the way it's been. It's part of the culture. Um you know I can't explain to you why but at the same time, it's a fact. It's just um, uh, a, a lot of the people that uh, I know 
my friends who are highly successful, very famous, uh, whether they are writers or performers uh, in comedy, they happen to be Jewish. It's an mm-hmm. often asked question, why? I don't think there's a definitive answer. Yeah. Well, just to, well, you know, it's interesting reading the book. First of all, I, I, the reason why I wanted to read the book so much was because I just wanted to get your take on good sports, which is like I, I remember watching that. A long time ago, it was one of those things. Was like that—that that happened, right? That, 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 I didn't—I didn't make that up. That that really did happen. Ryan O'Neill and Sarah no, it's, in the, had a, it's in the book, yeah. Yeah, very frank. Yeah, and it's just, it was just one. It just reminded me, just like reading your book, and just uh, it's just you, 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 you kind. Of, it's funny how you have a lot of nice things to a lot of people, but you kind of have a, uh, you know, you don't really. Uh, I have to put this don't really have love much for people who don't know don't know or understand comedy. Is that kind of like this this kind of big Achilles heel that you have that uh just like it's hard it's just very difficult dealing with people who just don't seem to grasp what comedy is? Well, people are either funny or they're not, and some uh combinations work, others don't. Um you know, that was a miscalculation. People thought that they would be funny. They weren't. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But yeah, but that was that was interesting. It was interesting to watch, though. Um, but uh, just but what, what? Yeah, what I loved uh, about also about reading the book is just that you just have this not just general um, kind of the, just just uh, esteem and respect to just the. Uh, for uh, comedy writers of you know the past, it seems that you know kind of you always delve into talking about uh, you know some of the great uh, comedy writers like you know Bob Ellison and uh, just uh, you know just uh, just Dick Van Dyke writers and just want to see just just I, I just get the sense that just like you always you know even when you were writing for Saturday Night Live it's just like you always seem to have this very reverence. Uh, for com- for comedy writers of the past, and just uh, well, yeah, I, yeah, I grew up with them just like you did. It seems, and um, I have a high respect for what came before me and how we got here now. Yeah, I mean, it, it just if you if you had a you know chance to go back, just like if there any shows that you wish you, uh, I know you talk about like you know. You know, uh, watching stuff like that was the week that was, and you especially going over to Thirty Rock and everything. Just like, were there any uh, any stuff that you, that you ever thought like uh, that that would have been so much for me if I was on the uh, in the writers' room of of that show? Oh yeah, I mean uh, that was the week that was. May have been. I have to think back, but I guess I was twelve when it came on. And I used to watch it and love it. And I guess that might have been the one that uh, I started thinking, gee, if I could be on on the end uh, credits of a show like that, um, I would be uh, very satisfied. Yeah. Well, well, of course, like, you know, you know, a lot of people know you mostly. I, mean, I guess you probably knew this was coming with, like, with Saturday Night Live and everything like that. And you were there from the, from the ground up and everything. And just, 
it it made me think because I also uh, you know I, I read the live from New York book and everything just like how things have evolved. I don't know if you ever did like those things where they would invite you back to write for the show in the later years, like so many other uh, writers of the past have done. But just I just didn't know if what I've done that three times. Yeah, three times, and just uh, well, just like just for. I wanted to take, I want to get from somebody who was there in the beginning, just like how different it was, well, how different it was when you came back, just like how different things, were things as different or the same or just like how, how well, I just try to get the compare and contrast from when you were on the show to how, uh, you know, it was different when, how it was when you came back so many years later. Well, I, I can't I can't speak for the show now. I mean, I watch it every week. Uh, I was my wife and I were actually to the last live show of this season before um, you know they shut down. So you know we're avid fans of the show and uh, and all that. But I have not been there as a writer, even as, as a guest writer, many years. When I went back. It was, I guess, the early and mid '80s. Um, so that's that's quite a way. You know, I left the show in '80, uh, so I guess I, when I was doing it's Gary Shandling's show, whenever Gary hosted mm-hmm. SNL, I came along that week. I had been there two previous times: once with Eddie Murphy when he hosted, and once when Jesse Jackson hosted. But I think the more recent one was Gary Shandling. And that mm-hmm. would have been 87, 88, somewhere in there. So it was only seven or eight years uh, after I had left. But, you know, it, it was a little different already because the show had been a bona fide hit. Um, people there knew the power of the show because they it, they had seen how it had launched the careers of uh, former um, certainly actors and, and writers um, so it was, uh, they were cognizant of it, whereas when we were doing it, we were just putting on a show. You know, mm-hmm. we, we did, did a funny show every week, and uh, uh, it, it wasn't so goal-oriented, if you will, other than to do a great show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh yeah, you know, as I said, I was reading the book, and then uh, just I was reading about uh, some, some uh, you know failed things you've done, like the like the pilot for Big Hit, you know, Big Shots in America. You, right. you, know, you know that you know that's on you know it's on YouTube now. And it was no. on, like, they just put, put that up there a couple of months. Ago. Hmm? Never look back at that stuff. Never, never look back at that stuff. Just, uh, I haven't looked back at anything. I haven't looked back. The only, uh, we did 72 with Gary Shanling shows. The only one that I looked back at probably was the show that Gilda was in, only because I incorporate clips of it in my um, speaking engagements. Uh, when I co-wrote uh, 700 Sundays with Billy Crystal, we won a Tony, and then it was nominated for a bunch of Emmys. Uh, when it was on HBO, I, I, I haven't looked at that. I mean, I can 
a whole list of things that I've done that I just don't go back and look at them. I, I don't. Occasionally, an old Saturday Night Live, if it's on, will evoke a memory, and I'll go, oh, yeah, that's the show I had uh, such and such on. You know, but it, it's, uh, I, 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 I don't see the point. Yeah. No. Well, it just makes me think about because you, you're talking about, you know, with Gary Hamlin, just like, and it just seems that just people call on you, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Shanlin, Gary Shanlin, or uh, with Larry David Kirby Tuesdays or Billy Crystal 700 Sundays, that you're just this person that, that pers- the people that, you know, the funny people go to just to make them better, hence the, you know, the whole, the whole laugh lines, um, subtitle and all that. And I just was seeing just like as, just how does that, you know, I don't know if you ever thought about how to feel knowing that when, when funny, when comedians, um, <clears throat> are, you know, need some help on something, they, they approach you because you, of your, you know, of your history and your experience and just how does that feel knowing that you're the guy that a lot of those people go to? Well, I'm flattered. You know, a lot of them are my friends. Um, and so it's fun. It's social. Uh, and so, and I'm flattered, you know, in the case of Billy Crystal, I was, he's one of my oldest friends and here are uh, 700 Sundays. He came to me and he trusted me with his life, with his family. Uh, so I was honored and I was very respectful of uh, the delicacy of um, putting words into the mouths of people that I hadn't met. And then years later, you know, Billy and I just completed a movie that we shot with, uh, that we co-wrote and he directed. And he stars with uh, Tiffany Haddish in it. And we're just waiting mm-hmm. for... Uh, release date, you know, once theaters start opening uh, again. So these, these are uh, individual friendships, but they're also individual uh, relationships when it comes to work. Larry David is one of my oldest friends. You know, Marty Short. You know, I'm working with Barry Levinson right now. Rob Reiner. So it's, it's. Um, I, I think that they feel a degree of comfort because I know what the needs of the script are. And I think that uh, in those particular cases, uh, they know that uh, I know my role. You know, I've written a lot of things by myself, okay, that have been very successful. But in the case of the collaboration, especially when you're writing with somebody for that person, at best you're vice president and you, um, you accept that role. You're trying to make them look good and make them funny and uh, put them in something that's uh, substantial. But at the same time, if they're not comfortable saying what you've written, uh, you don't fight for it because they're not going to say it with conviction. They're not going to mm-hmm. believe what – and it won't come out right. So, you know, it's a little bit of a dance. Yeah. Well, you you – you done TV, you've done movies, uh, you've done plays, you've done books and everything. I'm just seeing just is there a medium that you find yourself uh, expressing yourself more or that you per- find uh, that you, well, I just say, I don't know if they would love the most or just or anything like that, but just something that uh, uh, is more 
gives you more creativity when you're doing well, that? That's a good question. Here's where I've been lucky. If I get an idea, I've been very, very fortunate to be in a position where the idea eventually tells me how it wants to live, where it wants to, to be, if it wants mm-hmm. to be a book, if it wants to be uh, a movie or a play, or maybe just a three-page article for the New Yorker. You know what I mean? So, yeah. all, but all things being equal, um, look, I can go both ways with this. Like On the one hand, I can say there's no greater feeling than writing something and hearing a live audience laugh or, 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 or seeing or experiencing that audience also being moved to tears. So that's fantastic. But as a writer, there are certain thoughts that I've, you know, I have my name on 11 books that I've authored. Those things should only have been books and they were only books. And, um, I like that. I like diving into the psyche of a character, a character that I make up, and then let the character become alive. And then the character hopefully gets to a point where he or she tells you what he or she wants to say or do. You know, it's like creating a world and populating it, you know. So, um, you know, it depends on the mood, but... All things being equal, there's nothing like hearing an audience laugh at something you've written. Yeah. All right. You've been on this planet, I believe, for uh, 69 years, and uh, just uh, just trying to see, you know, you probably saw this coming. Like, what advice would you have, you know, the uh, you know the future comedy writers or people just want to break out their comedy whether they're Jewish or just, you know, <laughs> other, yes. Uh, whether they're Jewish or not. That's an yeah. often asked question. And yeah. I notice my answer is going to sound very evasive, but it's not. And what that answer is, my suggestion would be if you, I, 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 everyone that I know who does what I do shies away from the question or, or, or the statement, uh, I want to become a writer. Uh, the, the the advice is write. That's how you're a writer. You write. You read good stuff, but you write. And the more you write, the better you'll become at writing. All right. It's not it's not like you'll get a job and then all of a sudden you'll start writing. You know what I'm saying? So what mm-hmm. I did, as I explained in the book, I, I came up with a portfolio that had jokes in it that nobody asked me to write, had sketches in it that nobody asked me to write. You know, it, it, it may have even had a magazine article in it that nobody asked me to write. The answer is you have to write, and then you'll get better, and then you'll have a selling tool to show somebody, hey, this is who I am. This is the way that I write. Can I come and write for your show? Do you like my voice? You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds so basic. uh but it's, there are no um, there are no secrets, you know. And I think that every writer that I know, I'm also 69, you know, for two more days, by the way. <laughs> okay. And, oh, um, 
just so when I speak to Houston on, on what's a Thursday, yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, in a decade. So all I can say is, is that that is the most basic thing. Um, and it's and like I said, it sounds like, oh, you're being evasive, you're being coy. No, that's the advice. You know, then you become a, a professional writer. Well, now that you've got a portfolio, which shows your wares, which shows what you can do, then it's a matter of making connections. It's a matter of hanging out with other funny people, whether it be a comedy club or wherever they congregate and insinuate yourself into a crowd. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And as everybody yeah. grows together, maybe you'll find a voice that you can speak through. Okay, like I did with Gary Shandling or I did with Gilda like my friend Larry David did with Jerry Seinfeld. And as the uh, as the voice that you speak, you, know, you write for, progresses, maybe that person asks you to come along and write a script or be on, you know, be on the staff of their TV show. Or you'll turn the head of a, uh, an agent who says, hey, I like the way you write. Uh, I'd like to represent you. And he or she submits you to TV shows. But mm. it all begins with, having a sample, okay, a portfolio of who you are as a writer. Yeah. All right, that is that is not advisable at all. That's actually good advice. And, um, well, uh, thank you uh, very much uh, for uh, helping me out this. I appreciate it immensely. And um, uh, good luck with the chat and just and good luck with all the projects you're doing. Just, you know, good luck with everything in general. Okay, thanks a million. I really enjoy talking to you. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too, bye.